it's all it is. It's always the fat chicks. Yeah. <laughs> They box you in and it's always like a junkie mum and she's like <laughs> You are tuned in to the Fezmez Comedy Podcast. This is episode one. And my name is Jamal Abdul. I am your host. How good is that? I just remembered my own name and recorded it in the podcast at the beginning. I'm stepping up my podcasting game, everyone. I'm stepping up my game. Alright. On this episode I talk to a very funny guy. He's a, a talented stand-up comedian, radio personality, DJ, and the promoter of the annual Chuckles for Charity event that is held here in Wollongong every single year. It's an awesome event. It supports Kids Wish Foundation. We talk a little bit more about that on the podcast. And he does all of this through the confines of his wheelchair. Uh, Sam Maloney was born with cerebral palsy, and it hasn't held him back as far as his, uh, his, his endeavors and the things that he works on and the awesome things he contributes to our community. Enjoy the podcast. All right, I'm really excited, guys. This is the first episode of the podcast, and joining me is a very funny gentleman. Oh, you go. Uh, long, oh, he's already patting himself on the back. I haven't even <laughs> introduced him yet. Listen to him go. <laughs> quality, quality, Qu- quality. Please welcome to the podcast, Sam Maloney. Everyone, how you going, guys? Great to be here today. <laughs> Talking to the, li- to the live audience, <laughs> our live, our live podcast audience. Yeah, man, it's going to be nice. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the only people listening at the moment is probably just my mum. And the other comics that want to get on this podcast, that's probably about it. But, you know. Well, I'll um, send it through to my mum as well. She'll have a listen. Oh, there we go. Going to expand she'll our listener like, base. She'll be like, oh, you're talking shit again. <laughs> Sam Maloney, talking shit. Again. I was just saying off the mic, that's your, that's your podcast name if you do a podcast. Yeah, maybe. I'm thinking about it. Maybe. It's a, it's a cool medium to be a part of. Yeah, man, it's good the fun. whole podcast thing, yeah, it's cool. I've got no idea how this one's going to turn out. Yeah, so I don't even know why you called me here today. What's going <laughs> on? <laughs> I just called you in to say hello, you know, get, get, I thought I'd get you on the podcast because you've got some interesting thing, things happening in your life. you got you got some oh. good gigs coming up. Yeah, yeah, I'd say good gigs. I reckon it's been really fun. Like the past few weeks, well, the past few months actually has been like a really fun journey for me really just from like... Because I started to do something a little bit different than comedy. What I've, what I've started to do is tour with bands, opening for them, doing comedy, which is really cool. And then they come on and they do their music and the crowd, yeah, they, they, they do dig it. Like it's, it was really cool because you sit there and you're like, oh, I don't know. Do you think they're going to get on do, board? Do you think they're going to get on board? And the first thing I do is I dive in and I go, oh. Sam Maloney, sit down, comedian. I'm gonna tell some jokes, and then they're like, "Woo!" And then you just like, "Fuck yeah, I got a mud book. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah, of course, dude. <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> this isn't a. I love this. You're an actual radio DJ, and you just uh, you just swore without even thinking about it. But nah, you're, you're welcome to swear on this bad boy. And I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" Like they're gonna be into it. So I think I've got um, two more shows left with Coast and Ocean, and then. Yeah. Shout out to Coasty. So you're opening for Coast and Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. So Coast and Ocean's a local musician, really, yeah. really awesome uh, guy, very talented guy. So you're mm-hmm. opening for him. Basically, you just asked to jump on that, and then you just started opening. Yeah. And you got you got your start. So did you find it like? Because I've only ever opened for musicians once, and I'll tell you about how that kind of worked out for me. But like, how did how did you sort of deal with it? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, were you just like, this is going to be funny, it's going to work, or were you just like, oh, this is going to be horrible? Like, what was your well, expectation? Of- when I um after I did the riff show, and I was like, oh, that was fun. Like, it was a ball. I'm like, a great night. And they're like, oh, do you want to join us at Vic on the Park next week? And I wow. was like, 
I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. What other gigs have I got on that <laughs> day? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I, don't I might know. have to drop out of some open mics <laughs> to do that one. You guys are asking a bit much. And um, <laughs> I went on and I was opening for, with um, an amazing support act, Jackal. Um, she She's amazing. One of the best Kiwi rap artists going around and she's huge, right? So I'm going, oh... This is going to be weird because I'm not just opening for Coasty. I'm doing two two things. I've got to do maybe 10 minutes of material. How's it going to go? And, um, yeah, sold out crowd. They they dug it. And, yeah. That's awesome, man. It was man. just a great gig. And I was like, I could, I could get used to this. But as long as the crowd's there, the crowd has to be there. If the crowd's not there, yeah. you're going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's hilarious. I did a, I did a gig once for a... Uh, the, like the UOW Music Society. Yeah, right. And it was in a backyard. Huh. And um, like, dude, I'm outside. It is freezing cold. It is ridiculously cold. There's a picture of me and I've I've got this <laughs> stupid jacket on. I've got, oh, dude, I'm like fully rugged up doing stand-up. I just look like an Eskimo making some announcements. And um, yeah, I just did this. So it's in this backyard. It's freezing cold outside. <laughs> um, and every, there's, there's actually a good number of people. There's a good number of people all sitting down. And um, I'm on second, so before me is a slam poet. And uh, gotta love those slam poets. Say what you will about slam poetry. (laughs) I was like, oh, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bomb. Like I just felt it. Like I just like, oh, because he's, you know, he's doing his stories. He's telling his, I guess, riddles. I don't know what they are. They they don't clap, guys. They do. They do the snaps. They do the snaps. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know if it, I, I I can't gauge it. I don't know what good slam poetry was, but everyone dug it, and I was like, okay, he did well. I'm not going to do well because he just set this really somber vibe of like really deep thoughts, and it's like, all right, now I'm going to tell some shit jokes, and like, do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, this is going to go horribly. I had 15 minutes of material. They gave me 30 minutes, and I told the organizer, like, I was like, if I do 15 minutes, I'll be stoked. She goes, well, you're not getting paid. There's no pressure to do the full 30. I ended up going out there. Dude, the, fr- the audience was so friendly. I think they were that cold. They, they just felt like they needed to laugh to warm their body up, right? Otherwise, I don't think I would have survived the full 30. But I ended up doing the full 30 minutes, not feeling the time go by. Yeah, cool. And it was awesome, man. It's, then, so, it's so shit when you jump on stage and you feel the time drag out and you go, oh. Yeah. Even when you're doing a five-minute set, you're like, is the five minutes up yet? Oh, oh yeah, when, it, when you're bombing, especially in that <laughs> situation because it's not a comedy gig. Do you know what I mean? No, like, I was it's like, not. Imagine going out there and just eating it in front of, you know, all these people and then it's like, okay, finally, the music started, what we're actually here for. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, I was, yeah, I was not expecting it to work at all. So it actually works. Comedy comedy before music does work. So, yeah. you know. Well, we did it one night at Fezman's. That was all right. We got a pretty decent crowd that night. Yeah, that's right. I did have a couple of nights where I was uh, advertising to musicians to join as well. I copped some heat for that, man. Did you? Yeah, I did. Why? Because musicians are all like, oh, you're expecting us to perform for free, are you? You want, to, you want us to perform for free and you're not going to pay us? It's like, well, dude, it's an open mic. Like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. That's open mic. You know, how, 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 you, how are people meant to make it in this industry if you're giving it away for free? It's like, dude, I don't think an open mic singer coming to play is taking away from Barnsley's bottom line, all yeah, right? No. <laughs> I don't think yeah, people no. are tossing up. You're taking off Barnsley's to go to back line there, mate. Just- yeah. To go to Fairy Meadows, you know, open work night or to go watch Jimmy Barnes. Ooh, it's so oh, close. It's, <laughs> I need uh, coming to Anita Theatre. Yeah. Some guy nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, know. wow. Yeah. No, but they do. Musicians get weird. That's one thing I've found. The whole comedy scene is completely different to the musician 
scene. Have you, you would have noticed, like, we do open mics because we need to do open mics. Yeah. Musicians do open mics to showcase their new songs, where we showcase our new material to be able to build to get that paid gig. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I, I think it's, it does serve a different purpose, yeah, doesn't it? I think that's what's different between musician open mics to comedy open mics is that comedians need open mics to be to get better and engage with their audience, where musicians don't really need to because it's a lot easier to pick up a guitar and just sing a song than it is to go. Here's a microphone. Here's my voice. I'm going to talk shit for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't know if it's easier. It's just that you can practice music at home. You can't practice comedy at home. Well, you can, but no one really gives a shit. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't count towards your practice. Whereas, but that being said, like if musicians never take their songs out, they never play them for an audience. No one ever hears them. How do they actually know if they're good? Oh, Spotify, man. Spotify. No, dude, SoundCloud <laughs> and. I mean, I love Triple J Unearthed, but my God, I love looking at the new uploads tab. The amount of horrific music, oh. just the just some of the most dreadful songs you've ever heard in your life get uploaded in that new section of, of Triple J Unearthed. <laughs> Dude, the rappers, I'm sorry, man. Like, oh, it's so funny. There's too many rappers, man. Too just, many rappers. No, they just got the funniest names, like amateur rappers. They come out, they put out a couple of singles and then they just drop off the face of Unearthed. Like, they'll be like, oh, my name's MC Bingo. And then... <laughs> They'll just have some horrifically bogan songs and it'll be done for. Do you know what I mean? Oh, this is so, oh, it's so funny. I love it. I'd if you guys it. need time to burn, go on Triple J Unearthed, click on the new tab, just go Australia wide. I'd love to be a rap artist. I don't mean to trash musicians. There are really good musicians on there too, but for every good one, there's 50 tryhards. Well, <laughs> I guess I think it's the same for comedy too. It is. I'm, yeah. I'm the tryhard out of the 50 tryhards. That's. Now you're doing you're doing some good things, man. You're making waves. I am making waves. I. I um I took a step back and I feel like the, the comedy I'm writing now is like the best comedy I've written in four years, which is really cool. That's good, man. It's good to good to have your your back writing. Um, I'm looking forward to doing the uh, the Chuckles for Charity gig with you, actually. Yeah, man. Chuckles for Charity for me is really cool. Yeah, uh, I've been working with the Kids Wish Foundation, which is a local charity that helps sick, disadvantaged, and disabled people. Um, well, kids, children, right? Yeah, yeah. In the in the Illawarra. Yeah. Um, and I've teamed up with them for the last three years to bring ch- chuckles for charity, which is really cool. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did it the. F- oh no, I didn't do it the first year. Did I do it the first year? Well, yeah, maybe. No, no, no. I think I think you've run it for four years, dude. I think this might be the fourth one because there was one before I had started doing comedy. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, yeah there was. There was right. one before I even yeah. started doing stand-up. Then there was the one that I did, and then there was the one that I missed. So this is your fourth year, man. That's a, that's uh-huh. an achievement in itself. Oh, it's a stressful time trying so, trying to get the show together. It's stressful, but I do. I love it. I um I get to see the process. I get to see the progress the kids have made through the donations of my money, which is really. Our, our money, I should say, um, the, the people's money, the people's money, <laughs> and that that's a that's a beautiful thing. So, yeah. um, as long as I can do it for, I'll I'll keep supporting the Kids Wish Foundation because they do do great things for young kids. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I'm I'm super excited to be a part of it, and you know, anytime, uh, you know, I'm always happy to support it. You know, if you, and even if I'm not on the bill, I'm happy to share the you know share your events around and, and let people know about it because it is a. Uh, Hey, it's a cool thing, man. It's a, especially because it's a local, like it's so Illawarra centric. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it, it really is based around our local area and the and the people in our area, which I think is really cool. The headline, the headline though, is going to be Kill Art Lock. 
Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing the headliner. We yeah. do have a really good headliner. Um, you'd know him from his YouTube series and you'd know him from his song, The Shoey. Like, <laughs> everybody knows, fuck you, I'm doing a shoey. Like, uh, we got... <laughs> Fuck you, oh, great song. We've got to say who he is. We haven't said who he is yet. Ah, it's clearly. <laughs> it's it's the one and only Frenchie. Clearly it's the one and only Frenchie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you might know him from Live and Lanky Tour. Um, is that what he called it? <laughs> yeah, it's so that's, cool. That's very funny. It's so weird because, you know, when you, know when you feel like you know people... Or you've seen them before and you sort of knew them. Yeah. So back in 2006, I was doing, um, I was at school and Frenchie was studying PE. Right. And he'd come out to my school every every Wednesday for like six weeks and um, do like a PE workshop with us. Yeah, right. And I was trying to figure out where I knew him from. And then I'm like, did, did you do a PE workshop with <laughs> us? Big two eyes. That's hilarious. He's like, man, that is so random. But yeah, I did. That's so funny. I did. So like, it was weird. We sort of met each other and, but we didn't really click to who each other were. I love, I love the idea. Like, cause there are a lot of stand up comedians that are teachers or ex teachers. I just love the idea. Like, dude, you look at all your teachers when you're in school and you're like, these people are nerdy. They're boring. God forbid you see them in the shops, right? You do not want to <laughs> run into your teacher ever. Imagine you, I don't know, you're out one night with your family and, you know, there's, oh, yeah, there's comedy on. And then there's your teacher out there telling dick jokes and whatever. Oh, do you know what I mean? Oh, that would be excellent. I love that. I love that juxtaposition. When I was at school, um, the local comedy room here, Wollongong Comedy, was like massive. And um, I was really upset because I could never go and see comedy because I wasn't old enough. But I knew it was always something that I'd like to give a crack. Yeah, right. And then like two years out of school, I'm like, oh, I might give this stand-up comedy a crack. And look at me now. I'm still shit. Look at, <laughs> look at you now. Recording podcasts at your dining room table. <laughs> Drinking cold coffee because I can't be bothered to go refill the kettle. This is the dream, man. <laughs> oh, I know. You're welcome to go refill the kettle if you want. Nah, it's all good. It's, it's all good. Oh, man. No, I am. I'm here at um, your house, which, I mean, it was an interesting commute coming over here from... It's different. It's from, different. From Wollongong. It really is like traveling to Sydney. Dude, public transport here is ridiculous, right? Oh. Like, everyone's like... Like, whenever I end up in Sydney to do stand-up, which is pretty often, like, people are like, oh, you caught the train for two hours? You caught the train for two hours? It's like, yeah. Dude, do you know how long it takes to get from Wollongong to Berkeley? Uh, <laughs> an hour and a half. It, does, it doesn't take two hours, but it is It is actually a pretty... It's a long track, man. It's a decent commute, yeah. But I mean, you know, you, you, you have to do that pretty often. Oh, yeah. I love it. Always. Oh, you love it? You I love do. the crazy people on public transport? Man, do you know how much fuel you get on public transport from the crazy people? <laughs> you sit there and you're like, there's a joke in that. There is a joke in that. Yeah. You were telling me a story before we started recording about when you were on the bus last and you got boxed in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all, it is. It's always the fat chicks. <laughs> <so> they, <laughs> they box you in and it's always like a junkie mum. And she's like... <laughs> she's, Wollongong, Wollongong <laughs> public transport throughout the day. It's always a junkie mum. I think that's our exit. Always. Yeah. 
Anyway, so I'm sitting there. Like, this was about four years ago. I'm sitting there and she's like, oi. Just like, oi. Like, you know, shoves the two kids on the wheelchair spot with a big twin pram. Did I mention that when they were in the pram, the two twins, they stunk like shit? <laughs> no, you didn't. Like, oh, man. Oh. oh, Nothing like the smell of neglect on public transport. <laughs> neglect could shit, though. I love that. Yeah, I guess. Ah. Oh. Yeah. So, anyway, well, so well, long story short, disabled guy gets stuck by a fat guy in a pram. No, no. Fat, fat lady in a pram. Fat lady in a pram. <laughs> so that's hilarious. <laughs> and you know what? I don't know what it is, but uh, I've noticed a couple of people that I know in wheelchairs have vendettas against fat people. I don't know what it is. I've heard it a couple times now. I think it's the fact that you, you know, you're kind of diagnosed with uh, cerebral palsy. <laughs> Well, you're, look, you're not necessarily diagnosed with obesity. You knew here, what you were doing. Here's where here's where my qualm gets into it. If you're that fat that you need a disabled sticker. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, do something about your life. Like, yeah, man. I don't know. But I don't have qualms with fat people. I'm fat myself. So... Yeah, I, I, it's one of those things I like picking on fat people because I just find it to be hilarious. But, like, dude, I'm 94 kilos. Like, who the fuck am I to judge, honestly? Like, I'm sitting there with a with a coffee. Like, if there was cake in the fridge, I'd have a cake. So here I am ripping on fat people. Yeah. But I am a fat prick myself because if, as, soon as, as soon as there's a cake out, I'm, I'm fucking going for it. You know, you know what? Like, I think it makes it more acceptable. I think it makes it more acceptable. You know how wogs are allowed to call each other wogs, you know, but white people can't call you a wog or like, you know, how like, you know, black people call each other the N-word, but if anyone else says the N-word, do you know what I mean? It's oh, like, yeah. okay, we've, we've gained that right as fat people to, to criticize. It's like how people. females call each other cunts. <laughs> but then- I don't, I've never heard that. I don't think I've ever heard that, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but then when a male calls a female a cunt... <laughs> Fuck me, like uh, personal experience there, Sam. Uh, not really. <laughs> no, okay. You've never never been playing a game of poker and just dropped the C bomb on someone. Um, I don't know. What, I didn't use it that much. Is that is that a thing? Like you know how you see people play video games and they're constantly swearing and calling each other the most egregious names. Like, do people do that playing poker? I've never played poker. Um, well, you're not meant to talk, are you? Yeah, well, you can. Like, it's a social game. It's so weird, but like. The amount of comedy material you can get out of a poker game just by someone losing their shit. Yeah, right. Oh, it's it's crazy. <laughs> like, I beat a bloke once. I had a, I had a flush, and because I just don't give a shit, I will chase a flush all the way to the river. And what the river is is virtually the end card. And then a bloke stands up. He goes, "You are a fucking cunt." Yeah, just right. like yelling at me because I've chased this. Hand all the way to the river, and I was just like, "Oh, yeah, okay, man, no dramas." And then it gets worse because he's a friend of mine on Facebook, right? So he sends me this really, oh, no. really aggressive message on Facebook, right? And I'm like, "Oh, cyberbullying!" So <laughs> reported him for spam or something. Just like, so what's okay? So is that breaking the rules, or is it just playing a hard game? Oh, if you <laughs> chase a flush or whatever that meant to the river. I just means you got lucky and oh, okay. it's called a donkey move really. Yeah. But um <laughs> So yeah, could you could just call me a donkey and I think on that particular night when he was abusing me I actually 
started doing the whole horn movement. Yeah, right. Just making, going, eeyaw. <laughs> making the donkey noises <laughs> just eeyaw. to. I want eeyaw. <laughs> <laughs> and I do do that quite often, but quite loudly throughout the whole club. Yeah, so. right. Um, I've been told to shut up a few times. I love I love the idea of just losing your shit though, like when you man, you always see those, especially in like um. Well, usually the guys that play poker are like, um, if it's not big stake games, they're usually the house hosts. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so there's, there's a certain standard of uh, language that gets used. So there's a certain standard of language, but then as you build up in stakes and you start to come and like. Play bigger games of poker with bigger prize pools. You'll see all these like professional guys rock up in suits, and and yeah, that's right. when it, that's when a good game of poker starts because all the guys rock up in suits and ties, Jeez. and they go, yeah, no, nice hand, man. But if if you're at the local RSL just playing a low stakes twenty dollar buy in game, <laughs> a bloke will rock up in Superman boxes, sit down and play, and just be like, hey, let's play some cards. What's so it's like the Middle East where there's just extreme wealth and extreme poverty in poker. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty dodgy. Oh yeah. I wonder what, what the chances are of making it in poker over comedy, because Lord knows that you know comedy's not a, oh, no, not, not an easy game. I've is already it? I've already made it in poker. I, I, oh, I have you? I've I've decided that I'm never gonna make it in comedy unless I get snapped up by some management. Yeah. Person that goes, wow, you're really amazing. But yeah, no, but you're a funny guy, man. I mean, as long you know, it's like I guess it's in the Fesmes comedy spirit. Really, is just to go out and have fun and do comedy. Like, yeah, you can get caught up in the whole making a career out of it thing. But I mean, it's, I mean, like I, dude, my favorite thing is going and doing a doing a gig, having a good set, and then just hanging out with people afterwards. Yeah. And just having that talk and, you know, just, I don't know, it's fun to rib each other and I don't know. Yeah. I just oh, it, it, That's why I do it. I do it for the social. I'm all about yeah. the social um, aspect of comedy. Um, however, if the money's there, I will take it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, man, I was applying for jobs recently and they ask you, like, I hated this because I had to fill out a questionnaire, like, just to apply for the job. Yeah. And uh, so they ask you for your resume, for your cover letter, which is, you know, standard practice. But then they have this questionnaire and it had, like, I think it had like 35 questions in it and the way and every single question was the same where it basically just said here are 10 sentences and organize them um, from top to bottom of which sentences describe you the best and like they were just talking about all your different qualities and like all of this stuff and it was so stupid and you had to do 35 of them so like and it took for ages because each of the sentences are more like paragraphs they're quite long yeah you got to read through them and organize them and every single time there would be an answer about about money like there yeah. would be one that will say something like uh you know um being ca- being paid correctly for my hours due is extremely important to me and i would put that right <laughs> at the top of my list every single time i don't care if i look like an egomaniac all right selling health insurance is not my passion i'm doing it for money people 100%. i'm selling out here you know 100%. what i mean percent. like <laughs> no, i sold out the other day because i was just like you know what fuck it i am gonna apply for a job at a call hotels yeah, right. I, was, I applied for that too. <laughs> I, was just like, I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Like, I need money. Like, I don't mind working in a call center from 9 to 1, 1 p.m. Every, yeah. every day. Like, that's perfect hours for me. I can do comedy yeah. at night, but I can work in call centers. And then I started to think, I was like, oh, man, imagine the comedy value you could get from, the, get from your callers. Like, you yeah. Know, you just ring up and you go, hello, my name's Sam from McCall Hotels. I'm just wondering if you'd like to stay. Fuck off, you good. Yeah, ah, man. Okay, sir, no worries. Have a lovely day. And then you go, to, 
Gary in there. Gary in next phone call. Hi, my name's Sam from McCall Hotels. I was just, fuck off. Okay, Sam. Okay. Have yeah. a lovely day. Yeah. Just, you, you get a lot of that, man. I used to work in a, in a, cold, in a, in a call center, just cold calling. It was all cold. It was awful, right? And... um. Man, I would just ring people and then like, because it, it automatically rings and it rings a million people and a lot of the people don't answer. You're just sitting there in silence for a lot of the time. But like, I would just hate doing the call. So I would get a call and then they, when they would answer, I would just hang up the phone and just go on to the next one every single time. Just press the <laughs> hang up button. Yeah. Right. And then like, I got caught out eventually. Right. So the guy, the supervisor sitting there on this stupid managerial phone looked ridiculous. Right. And then he just like tell, he, he, he pulled me up on it. He goes, you're hanging up on callers. I'm like, oh no, they all swore at me. Every single one that I hung up on has swore man, at me. I hated it, man. Even, it in, that, awful. even in that industry, there's like a dick with a suit with a, with a massive phone and he just tells you what to do and he yeah. he loves it because he's on his power trip. He's like, oh, you are hanging up on callers. I'm the manager, can't listen to me. Yeah. You know who that guy is. That guy is the guy that just never left the call center job uh-huh. and they were like, well, we got to give him something. And he- <laughs> you know, he's it's just- like the manager at McDonald's, like except he's wearing a suit so it looks legit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's hilarious. Like I was getting McDonald's yesterday from my sister. My sister... Worked at McDonald's and she said, did you know there's still people working at McDonald's 10 years after I finished? Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, they must be managers now. <laughs> yeah. Some people are just comfortable. Like, but um, then again, who are we to criticize? Maybe just some people are capable of holding down a job. <laughs> <laughs> I've, never, I've never had a job. Really? Like a day job? Not, like- a, not a legit job. Like I can say that I do community radio and... Yeah. That's work, but I've never actually had a job apart from doing the odd DJ gig on a Saturday night. I've never had a full-time <clears throat> permanent job. Yeah. I've had full-time contracts. I've had part-time jobs. I've never had a full-time permanent. Yeah. I'm 23 years old. Um, Please hire me. I'm 26. Like, oh, man. This, my life is... I'm, I'm nearly at that 30 mark now. I'm shitting myself. Like, I don't want to be 30 and unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I... Um, Thank you, pension. That's all. That's, that's all. I <laughs> Thank can you, say. Australian government, for supporting. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know what? You keep yourself busy though, because you do qu- you do quite a lot of cool things. Like you do DJing, you DJ at um, the uh, not the Grand. What's it called? The I, I the do, brewery is it at the brewery? I do work for um, Abel's Nightclub, which yeah. is again another great organisation to be a part of. Um, what they did four years ago was make an initi- initiative because. I think a bloke went to town with Down syndrome and unfortunately a group of people beat the shit out of him. Um, so yeah, what as they, you do. Uh, as you do in Wollongong. As you do on a boring Saturday night. <laughs> There's nothing to do. We've been to the harp. We've been to the grand. <laughs> <laughs> We've been to the ivory. Uh, what else to do? Oh, we'll beat the shit out of oh, a disabled. Oh, the other war is closed. <laughs> we'll beat the shit out of a disabled bloke. That'll, that'll fix this right up. Oh, man, that's um, horrific. No, but what they did, we they started an initiative for disabled people to go out and enjoy nightclubs. Yeah, right. Um, and what's really cool is it's open to the public. So seven from seven pm till eleven pm, right. you can go into nightclubs that once a month for Ables. And what nightclub do you do? It do you spin it? I do the Grand Hotel. It is the Grand, right? Okay. It is the Grand Hotel. Yeah. yeah. And I love it. I don't do it um, very much now because for me it was either get back into comedy or dive into the Grand Hotel. And I was like, 
I was like, oh, I'll do a bit of comedy, feeling a bit of comedy. So, um, yeah, every now and then I'll do the Grand Hotel, but, um, yeah, I love it. It's such a great initiative to be a part of. You know, it's good to have, um, it's good to have multiple different things going on, though. You know, like to, oh. to be DJing, you also do the radio, you organize this comedy event, you do some stand-up. I work for the Hawks. I, I yeah. do have a job. I work for the Hawks. There you, you go. You forgot your job. I work for the local <laughs> basketball team. There you go. So what do you do for the Roller Hawks? So I'm a D... Um, I'm a DJ and a ground announcer, which is really cool. So um, for the National Wheelchair Basketball League, what we do is we do our games in blocks. So once a month, I'll put my whole weekend aside and I'll go and be the DJ and ground announcer for the, for the Rollerhawks. Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm busy. I'm, I'm flat out. I may, I may not have a paying job, but I'm flat out. Yeah. But no, you know what, dude? Like you get, you, even though, like, you know, you get obviously... You know, you're paying your dues to to everything. At least if you, at least you got to use your time productively. Oh yeah, I'll do you know what I mean? Like we're doing this podcast right now. I'm not making any money out of it. You're not making any money out of I it. Mean, but you I, know, what? it's fine, and we're passing the time. And I, it's just... I could sit here and just watch porn all day and <laughs> just just porn all day. But but I choose not to smash like, up your data. Smash up your data. Be unlimited data. <laughs> Thank you, Telstra. <laughs> Shout out to Telstra. You should sponsor this podcast. <laughs> Mate, everyone should sponsor this podcast. It's great. Yeah, there's a the Oriental man. That was a, oh. <laughs> that was a tough gig, man. That was a, that was a tough one, man. Because man, I st- we st- I started and I really did feel like we had the crowd on our side. Yeah. Um, and then the other boat comes on and it just they just did not dig him. It no, was they, just like the managerial type with the suit and tie. And- yeah. So the Oriental Hotel, for those who don't know, because it's not around anymore, was a gig in Newcastle. Uh, a stand-up comedy gig it was on once a month or something like that. That we did for free. That we did for free. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was hilarious, right? It was a good gig, um, but uh, I don't know. We drove we, like four we hours. We travelled four hours to do it for free. Shout out to me, brother, for driving us up there too. Yeah. What a legend. Yeah, shout out. Um, yeah, man, it's a crazy gig though because it's a, it's one of those really rough gigs that are just well, was rough. Like it was just rough just for the sake of being rough. You know, it was just the vibe. You know, you get heckled, people would carry on. It was, you know, an open an open plan sort of pub sort of thing. Like yeah. it was, you know, real rowdy sort of stuff. That was one of the first sort of rough gigs I ever did. Yeah. And dude, to, for me to come out of that alive, I couldn't believe it. Oh, like I watched you do your thing. And I mean, like I reckon you do pretty good in front of like those real sort of, you know, dinky die Aussie crowds. They really like that well, stuff. Well, they're my, they're my people. Like <laughs> I just feel that's the... um type of crowd that i shoot for yeah the true blue because guys if yeah. i if i go into a crowd and i've i've seen it happen before and this is what happens with um wollongong comedy a lot because they're a sort of working class yeah people i just my comedy doesn't fit in that room and you're just like yeah <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I don't reckon I don't reckon Wollongong's like Wollongong is working class, but like yeah. there are certain rooms that you do, and the audience is like rough as guts. And, and it's, I, I go to Dicey Riley's and I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah, my people. Yeah. I, I love Dicey Riley's. That's a that is that is a room that I love doing. You know, that's one of my favorite ones because I got no idea how I'm going to go there month to month. Yeah, every time I do a spot there, it's like, all right, I'm going to have a great time. This is going to be great, or I'm going to just die. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, it was good talking to you, man. I really appreciate you oh, coming out and do the podcast. Well, you came to me. That was beautiful. Oh, that's right. I did uh, come to you. 
Thanks. Here I am. Thanks. I thought this was my house. I was going to kick you out and tell you to catch a train home. It's a nice house. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a nice house. I don't know where all this cool furniture came from. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to live here, by all means. <laughs> Thanks for having me today, Jamal. I really like, like I enjoyed it. It was quite warm. It was quite nice. That's good, man. Anytime. You're welcome anytime, dude. All right. And that was the first episode, guys. Let me know what you think. Subscribe and leave a review if you're on iTunes. I would appreciate that a lot. I'd love to know what you guys thought of the, the podcast. Uh, but if you're interested in keeping up to date with all things happening in Sam's world, check him out on Facebook at Sam Maloney, Sit Down Comedian. And if you're interested in coming along to the Chuckles for Charity event, it is on Friday, June 29th at 7pm at the Uni Hall. Tickets are available at trybooking.com, but I'll leave a link for that in the description. There'll also be a link to Sam's Facebook if you want to check him out as well. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with the things I'm doing, you can check me out at Jamal Abdul Comedy on Instagram and Jamal Abdul on Facebook. Also, if you are listening to this podcast straight after its release, you should come along to our open mic night, which is on tomorrow night. It's tomorrow, Friday, Friday the 18th of May at 7pm at Two Doors Up Cafe and Bar, hosted by Michael Saboombooms, fresh from Booby Africa. He's a, he's a very funny character. Be sure to come along to that. Uh, but if you've listened to this after the 18th of May, you should lock in June 8th because we're back again. But this time we have Liam McCann, local boy emceeing. It's going to be a great time. So get your calendars out and, you know, put that in your Google calendar, in your iCalendars and all your calendars. But thank you very much for listening. You know, hope you tune into the next one. 